Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Sunday night blessing broadcast. This is George Watkins, and we are pleased and blessed to have you with us tonight. <clears throat> well, what a joy, what a blessing, and what a grateful heart we have toward our Father and toward the joy, the, uh, <clears throat> the joy he gives us and so forth. We're going to talk today about the will of God, how to be in it, and what it is. Before we get into that, let me welcome the new ones that are with us, because they come along, and we like to let them know we're here and also why we're here. So hang around a while, see what God may be saying to you today. You know, the Holy Spirit uses each of us as body members, members of the church, of the, the kingdom of God. We refer to the church as that, but really it's broader than a local building or a gathering of one individual congregation. It is those who name the name of Christ. Amen. So we, we can be spoken to and often are spoken to by God through the lips of others. So Pay attention to that. Often God will drop a word in your heart while your friend is communicating and speaking. And every once in a while, us pastors drop a word in there too. So good to have you on board. Sunday night, the Sunday night blessing for some of you that are new. That comes out of the uh, pattern and habit and really the joy we had of going to church on Sunday night. And a little history lesson there that really came to uh, our Americas, or at least our, our custom in our, in our uh, society. In about the mid-1800s, when people really worked seven days a week, and uh, those who worked in the morning, couldn't go to church. And so they started a Sunday night service. So the workers that were in the factories or, or fields or whatever they were working, they could come to church on Sunday night. And then it became a tradition, which in our Pentecostal background, we had an evangelistic service on Sunday night. Well, what that meant was we were going to preach an evangelistic sermon, which was really calling the sinner home or the backslider. And because of that, we had a more lively song service, as we called it. Now we call it worship. And uh, we had a little more interaction, a longer prayer time. We stayed at the altar a long time. Sunday morning, it was kind of a joke that uh, the pot roast is on and I've got to get home to feed the family, so I better be out at noon. <laughs> traditions start really quick, don't they? And then they stay with us a long time after there's any life to it. So Sunday, the Sunday night blessing, I pastored in uh, Mount Vernon about almost 30 years, and we've had Sunday night all that time. It had kind of grown out of habit or popularity or custom, and but you know, <laughs> it's hard for me to let go of anything. So I held on to it. And because of that, 
that was almost a sneeze. My office and studio is a little colder than it should be, so I forgot to turn the heat on. Anyway, we um, stayed with it because, pardon me, I'm not going to stop this recording. On this particular uh, software I have, you cannot patch. You cannot stop and patch. And I will not stop this. So thank you for being uh, 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 patient with me as I deal with my sneeze. All right. And the good news is (laughs) I don't have to wear a mask because we're not six feet together. All right. Enough of that. So Sunday night then turned into a, uh, a different type of anointing. It was really interesting. That is not professional, but we do it. We do it. It was really interesting that the Sunday morning had a, had a particular anointing, and we always had and strive for and believe for the Spirit of God to be there. We prayed for people prayed at the altar, but Sunday night was just different. So when we began our uh, our broadcast four years ago this month, when we begin our broadcast, um, the Lord began to talk to me about doing a Sunday night. Our original time was I, I walked every day. We called it Come Walk With Me. And for the first couple of years, I walked every day around the city and the mountains and the, you know, the, the beaches and the parks and all those things. And it was a time that I just shared out of my spirit, out of my, out of my uh, inner man, what God had dropped in my heart. Well, we went inside when the weather changed one, one of the years, and I, I just stayed here because I have now, I believe it's what, to, what we're to do. And we've shifted into a different format, but it began Sunday night about a year ago, maybe a little over. And uh, on these Sunday nights, we do a little teaching. We have a little, little longer content. And because of that, I believe it's a good thing to call it the Sunday night blessing. There you go. <laughs> okay. No, I don't have a cold. I just sneezed. I had to tell my mother that often. George, you have a cold? I do not have a cold. Okay. Well, here's the question for today. Is the will of God a location? Is the will of God a location? Now, why would that be a why would that be an interesting or an important rather? That's a better word. An important statement. Because there's a whole bunch of people that believe it is. You got to be in Denver or you got to be in Chicago if you're going to be in the will of God. Now, I use that just to launch into some thoughts I have on this. And I believe some freedom that I'm going to pass on to you about the will of God. In our, in our church society has a fair amount, if not a, <laughs> a huge amount of world of worldview. Now, what I mean by worldview is that you judge how the church is operating and doing by what the world would judge it by. Big church, 
you're a success. Small church, you're a loser. <laughs> a little to the point, a little direct perhaps, but that's the way that the church looks at itself. A group of uh, pastors get together at the convention and they are introduced and they uh, they say, well, what do you, you know, they're standing in a circle in the, in the lobby before they go into the auditorium. Oh, I've been there too often. So what do you do? Where are you from? How big is your church? Now, why? Because it's the pecking order. We're starting to, to, to get, you know, we, we want to find out who we're going to hang out with now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not ex, ex, uh, um, exhibiting a wounded heart here, folks. <laughs> I've been through that before and dealt with it, but it's there and we need to face it. The worldview of the church, it's who you, it's who you are by what you do. It's who, it's who you are by how big or how powerful you are. And so the church puts itself together. Now I'm talking about the church, not your church, but <laughs> some church. <clears throat> it puts itself together by what the world would put it together. And that is big church, you are success. Big ministry, big TV ministry, write a lot of books, etc., etc. Now switch this channel to power, powerful ministry, powerful gifts, powerful prophecy, powerful healings. Then you are a success. So we're deemed uh, we we rule ourselves by what the world would rule us by. Oh my. I think I've painted the picture clear enough for some of you, at least that have been in the church a while. This is Bob. He's got a church of 150. This is Frank. He's got a church of 700. Well, he gets to go to the head of the line until, you know, Fred comes along and he's got 6,000. So he gets in the head of the line. Now, what do I mean by that? As a boy, I was raised in a small Pentecostal fellowship. We started churches and had several dozens of churches in, in, uh, around the, the West Coast. And uh, at convention time, it was always the big preacher, the one who had the big church. We brought a, a man in from Texas once in a while, a friend of our pastor's, by the name of J.C. Hibbard from Dallas, and he had a thousand people in his church. We could not imagine a thousand in the fifties and in the forties, fifties, and sixties. We had a hundred or seventy-five, or in some cases, we were breaking fifty in some small, remote little mountain town in Washington or Oregon. Come to the big California city and be amazed at the big stuff that was going on, but they, um, they, they taught us young guys and young preachers that if you're going to be a success, you got to get the big numbers. Well, so we start striving and I was not left out. I, I've picked up the same thing, big ministry. Now, not, not because I don't know if it was an ego. I, it fed our ego, sure. It fed our self. It fed our human nature. 
but really we were wanting to love God and please God and win the world and have a lot of converts and be have big crusades. Sure, because if we had big crusades, then we could get on the television and talk about it because they didn't have people on there that had little crusades. <laughs> well, I think I might have wore that out. Let's move on. Now, what did Jesus say about it, about the will of God? Ten Commandments were a, kind of a crutch to get us down the road with a broken leg. It was. The, the law was just a fence to keep us going straight. Jesus said, look, don't, you know, forget the ten. You, you're, you're, you're fouling out anyway. Here's two. Love the Lord and your neighbor as yourself. No. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your, your strength, and your mind. Capture that and your neighbor as yourself. And I'm here to tell you that if you'll do that, all the other things that are in your heart to do will come and flow out of that. Now, to love the Lord is to have a desire and the joy of the Lord. I want to talk about that maybe in the morning, more, more in detail. But to love the Lord your God puts you into his presence. And in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. So how many, how, how do we, how much do we do to get joy in our life? What we think is joy, a bigger church, a better car, and so forth. No, that's not joy. That's a, a human feeling. That's a release of tension. We finally can relax because the work is over and I'm going to go to the beach and have a, a vacation. I'm going to have joy. No, joy comes from the Lord. And in order to, ex to receive and take it in, we, we have to get around the spirit of it and the presence of it. And in the presence of the Lord, there is joy. There's joy in his presence. So if I'm going to be in the will of God, I need to be in the presence of the Lord. And I need to love the Lord with all my soul, strength, mind, and so forth. And when that happens, then I can love my neighbor as myself. I love myself. I have been loving myself for a long time. I know I just, he's my, myself is my best friend. I stay with myself. I sleep with myself. I ride my hot rod with myself. <laughs> you get the point? We're pretty good at that. I can do that to my neighbor if I love my Lord first because he, he pours into me his love. And all I do is out of my belly, out of the resources that he has given me because I've been in his presence, out of that is a natural flow of love to my neighbor. There's some neighbors around us that are very unlovely and some of them scary. So do we good have a crusade? We're going to go crusade around and force love on our neighbor. <laughs> no. No, we're not. 
we're going to relax. We're going to rest in God. We're going to enjoy the journey. And we're going to delight ourselves in the Lord. I want to talk about that in the morning more, a little more detail. But I want to encourage you today on this Sunday night to set aside some of the worldview that you've been impressed with or pressed has been pressed on you. I want you to set it aside and I want you to forget big and small and who's got the, you know, the big top banana and who doesn't and who's successful and who isn't. I want you to forget that. And I want you to focus on your relationship with loving the Lord. If you didn't, if you didn't have a personal relationship with your wife or husband, your marriage would be in trouble and wouldn't last like it should and like, and, and it, like it does. So it is with our walk with the Lord. If we neglect those intimacy, that intimacy time, that personal time, that time when we're loving the Lord with all of our heart, strength, soul, and mind. If we neglect that, we have a sterile relationship with God that produces no children, that produces no joy, that produces no byproduct of loving the Lord is all the things we think we, we really want, you know. We desire big ministries and power. We desire all those things. But if you put the Lord first, he'll give you his desires that he put in there. I may be desiring a big ministry because I just want to be noticed by headquarters. Or it may be God's will, but I need to find out by putting him first. Amen. Well, I love you guys and gals. And the sneezes are insisting, so I'm going to take care of it and bless you and say good night don't forget we pray for each other and when we do it delights the heart of god scripture says when we pray it's his delight so as we pray for one another we're actually making god happy <laughs> can you imagine that some people teach you that god's has no you know personality no emotions he's just god no the scripture says, when we pray, it delights the heart of the Father. So we pray one for another, and we do pray for you. Even though I don't know some of you, I do pray for those who listen and tune in. So we will see you in the morning. And if you have not subscribed with YouTube, thank you for that. Like me on Facebook and all those good things with sharing and passing this on to someone else. God's nudging you to send us a blessing gift. You can do that through PayPal or the address below. Those that have recently, thank you so much. It's such a blessing as we push on down the road. Amen. Well, until in the morning, early, 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 we will see you then. Until then, be blessed. Keep your eyes on Jesus. It's a good journey.